If you like to gamble, I tell you I'm your man. You win some, lose some, it's all the same to me. Welcome back to another episode of the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. I am your host, Howard H. Smith. You may know me as lead singer of UK thrash band Acid Rain or from my heavy metal podcast, Talking Bollocks. You will see that my name is highlighted in the description of this podcast. Click on that and that'll take you to the hundreds and hundreds of heavy metal interviews that I have done on that show. But here... I am your guide around the world of Motorhead. That's right. I mean, you know the band. You already know the band. You don't need guiding around the band. But what you do need is somebody to wander these halls of this virtual museum we have here and pick out the best interviews and bring them to your ears. And if you would like to continue to get these, then all you need to do is subscribe. That's right, regular listeners, you've already done it. This is for the newbies. Please subscribe. Hit the subscribe button wherever you are, whatever you're listening to this on, there will be a way to subscribe. And that way, every time we release an episode, it will come out and drop straight into your device. How cool is that? So, this episode, no different to any other, has a great story to tell about the band, about Lemmy. This is from Marco Lindholm, who again contacted me on social media and said, look, you know, I play I play in a band. We, we kind of did Motorhead-ish, kind of very heavily influenced music. But I, you know, met the guys back in the day and got some stories to tell. And boy, he did. Really enjoyed this. I'm sure you will too. Let's go listen to Marco. So, Marco, welcome to the Motorcast. Thank you very much, Howard. Nice to be here. Lovely to have you here, mate. It's lovely to have you here. And and as a um, uh, paid-up member of the Motorcast Club, you know what's coming next. How did Motorhead first enter your life? Yeah, I really had to think about it when I heard, heard it the first time because um, I think the first album that I ever heard was actually Orgasmatron at some point. But I... I was a little bit too young to kind of get into it. So um, so uh, the first time that I that it really hit me in the heart was, I think, back in 94. Uh, I borrowed a cassette from a friend of mine, Klaus, and he, it was a mixtape. And, um, and Born to Raise Hell was on it. And when I heard the track, because I loved old rock and roll. I loved, even though I loved a lot of other stuff as well. I love heavy metal, but I loved Chuck Berry stuff like that, Elvis. And when I heard you know, that you could play a rock and roll song in that in that way, with that sound, with that mass. It just hit me right away. I thought, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. You know, it was like nothing else. It was better than any metal that I had heard or anything. So I was, yeah, just, just changed my life. <laughs> that, that is, that's a really, really great story to hear because we've had a lot of people on um, and, you know, as you'll have heard, the old, you know, people who heard this, heard them when they were first around, you know, and right. saying there was nothing else like it. And and then here you are, all these years later, saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that's part of the magic with Motorhead is that 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 yeah. you know, like everybody said, like a million times, but it's that it's they're there between those worlds, and kind of everything came from the Lemmy's spontaneous, organic relationship to music and where he came from, and and I think he's done so much to bring forth also older music for people who probably would never have checked out so much of Little Richard and stuff like that if it wasn't for Lemmy. So that's the magic there. Like um, you notice where all the other bands have taken their stuff from is from there. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, 
without a doubt. And, and you know, one of the most influential bands of any genre, you know, uh, Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. influencing people across so many different genres. Definitely. Um, and then, uh, so how did your quest, because presumably you hear the song, you go, right, okay, you delve into the music, you... Uh, and then you and you want to see him live. I mean, you know, you go from born to raise liking born to raise hell to becoming, you know, a motorhead obsessive. How, how was that journey? Yeah, I, I mean, it started right away. It was like finding your favorite drug, you know, like like um, I just started because back in that day, you know, you don't you didn't have Internet. So we had the because I was in bands, we, we ordered fan scenes so you could occasionally find an article about motorhead or something like that but but the mo, mo what i did with all my money I, I spent on the motorhead record so any cd that i could find even though it was the bootleg lives or whatever i just purchased everything i needed to have every version of every song and it just you know and i i lived in a small town so uh we only have had like one or two record stores so i had to drive to the next town to get some of the records i remember driving to a nearby town to get into this small heavy metal store where they happened to when they released sacrifice because that was the only pl place where i found sacrifice so i needed to get sacrifice from there so i just i just bought everything i could in every any any format i could and um and it took me a couple of years because before i got the chance to see them live i mean these were my teenage years uh i didn't really go to a lot of concerts i played with my own band's concerts and stuff but, but the first time that i went to see motorhead was in 99 in uh in numirok uh and um and yeah it was i mean it was bigger than anything i could have imagined like now i had all the you know the records and i was into that world and i kind of they they were there in my living room and in my in my bedroom stereo all the time but then suddenly they stood there and it was of course the feeling of seeing your gods you know ah oh, they're here they're in the same area and it was just yeah. an amazing experience and being squeezed against the reeling there in the front row, you know, and just shouting with every song. It was like the best feeling I, I, can't, I can't even describe it. You know, it was, it was a holy moment. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's, a, that's a lovely way of putting it. That's <laughs> a lovely way of putting it. Um, and, and because at that point, like you said, you know, you've 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 been because Finland, let's be honest, Finland, you, you're a bit off the beaten track. You get some tours, you don't get others. Exactly. Yeah. And I would imagine and with the, 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 you know, the current cost of living crisis and the price of oil and all the rest of it, people are only too keen to to uh, miss Finland out because you're just that you're that little extra step, aren't you? Exactly. Uh, very often you see bands coming um, to Sweden, they might take Stockholm, but then they skip on Finland. And that was yeah. one of the nice things with Motorhead. Motorhead were so huge here in Finland that they came very often in these years when i like let's say if i if i look at it um um i from the two, from 2000s on that was th those were the big years for me when i went to all the concerts that i could go to you know and uh, and, and and so i saw motorhead i think i saw them about 10 or 11 times something like that and 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 i was happy every time they came to finland because they were one of those bands that you could almost trust completely to come to finland if they happened to be in sweden as well so that was yeah. really that's a that's a really interesting point actually because I I'm, I remember being on a tour way back in 1989, right? And and we went to and the the tour finished in Sweden, um, and it was us Dark Angel and Nuclear Assault and Nuclear yeah. Assault went on to do a gig in Finland, but oh. the but us two didn't. Had you did you was it something that you had planned beforehand or was it like or of course you had but I mean did you yeah. did you know of Finland did you think of coming here as, as well as well it was it was it was very much that Nuclear Assault were the headline band so you yeah. know uh, for for whatever reason 
you know neither support band was re- was required but um but yeah even even back then you're absolutely spot on you know we 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 were right there but only one of us was going to go across to finland and do yeah, a show yeah. which which i think is a shame because finland's always been such a big big metal country so so uh, yeah. some fans have probably missed out on their chance to get a lot of fans here as well you know I, absolutely i mean you know finland is without doubt one of the you know one of the solid metal communities Definitely. in in yeah. europe um so I, how did your how did your relationship develop because i know you're um i, I know where this is going you know you ultimately You've bumped into Lemmy at some point, so um... I did. I, I think I'm, I'm kind of a shameless fan. But I don't know. I don't. I, 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 I didn't. I, I didn't think too much about it. I just, you know, whenever I got it, like the first concert that I went to, my friend had a press pass, so he managed to get. Um, well, I have to tell you this story because it was crazy. This was the first gig uh, in Nomirok in '99, and um, yeah, I was there, normal fan, standing in the front row, just seeing my first ever Motorhead concert. My friend Matti, who was with me, he had a press pass. He was writing for a magazine. So he went backstage. He did the interview afterwards, and I, I, I told him like, say hello to them from me, and blah blah blah. He managed to get the signed, uh, pl- uh, um, uh, the, the the set list from the stage with everyone's signature on it. I had oh, lambs. Wow. Yeah, I have them, the lambs and Phil's and Mickey's signature. So that's qu- quite the memory from your first ever Motorhead gig. But yeah, even just ever so slightly, yeah. Exactly. But even greater than that was that uh, in the middle of the concert, Lemmy had these shades on that he kind of like it's mirror shades he threw them out away out and they they ended up there in the front of the stage and we had a uh, the security guard who was there he came he kept giving picks to the fans you know whenever phil or lemmy threw out a pick you know he yeah. picked it up and gave the picks it was really kind with this and then suddenly i'm like i'm starting to point and he's he's starting to look for picks and then suddenly there lie the the sunglasses, and he hands them to me, and I was like, "Wow, wow! I got lemmy shades from the stage." And I, I remember fans around me being, "Oh, you lucky you!" You know, and I put them on, and I just, you know, love love the love the gig so much with those on. And and um, a, a bit afterwards, this became a story in my hometown, Jakobstad, where I'm from. It's such a small town, and my friend. Um, Michael, who studied film, he said, "I would like to do make this into a short movie." Uh, the story about Lemmy's shade. So it ended up becoming this short movie that you can still see. I, th- I think it's available online on Vimeo somewhere. Lemmy's shades. This small documentary about me. I was twenty years old or something in the documentary, and it, we end up searching for Lemmy to make him confirm that I really have Lemmy's shades. So we, in the film, right. we travel to Sweden to Solvesborg, where they have the Sweden Rock Festival. And I managed to get to the VIP area. It was such an amazing night. That was one of the times when I met him. And, and Lemmy, being the, this tolerant, respectful guy that he always... Well, because Lemmy, you know, even though he was he had the arrogant... you know, he, Well, these stories have been told in your podcast as well so many times. But I mean, he, he had this thing that you could be wrong around. You could be like a clumsy fan or whatever. And he would never kind of, you know, make you feel... Um, that you should be ashamed of who you were. He was like kind of just being like, okay, you're that kind of guy. Well, come with me here and we'll see what we can, you know, he was just every time, <laughs> any fan that I saw, you know, interacting with, him, he would never treat them like they would be, you know, like some other rock stars could treat the fans like you're nothing, yeah. you're a fan, but Lemmy would never have done that. And even and- even if you were clearly being annoying, he had, a, he had a tolerance level. 
that's the thing. I I I I, I, I can only imagine how annoying I've been at that point. You know, <laughs> I was so nervous. So when I met him, I just spoke <laughs> on him. So when he's confirming that it's his shades, he's about to say something. All I do is just talk, 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 talk. That's the clip in the movie. But he confirms that I had his shades. Said, yeah, I threw them out because I couldn't see shit through them. You know, so so <laughs> so I got so we got the perfect ending to that perfect short movie. So that was one of the nice things. Lemmy shades the small peculiar movie that ended up becoming the schoolwork for my friend michael yeah <laughs> oh, that's brilliant well I, I i'm without doubt i would imagine there are there are people who are listening to this who are searching while they're listening to this to see if they can go and watch that you know, at the end of the podcast yeah, yeah. hope they find it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's matt so presumably i mean did that did that mean that you kind of stuck in Lemmy's mind because he had an amazing memory and, you know, I'm sure he did. He next actually, time you met him, it would have been like, I, oh, it's I, Shades guy. I was shocked because uh, I don't remember, this must have been before, let me see, I have the list of those times because another time I met him in, in Turku was during the Monsters of the Millennium. That might have been before and... and um and I, I managed to, I gave him, you know, I gave him, because I've been drawing a lot in my life. So I gave, I've given him drawings every now and then. And and knowing that he had the interest for drawing as well, was always great to talk with him about stuff like that. And yeah, time I gave, I had a band called Sergeant Pepperoni. It was my old rock and roll band. And, <laughs> and he laughed when he got the CD. He was like, it's such a bad band name that it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, um, what is it? Twelve? No, ten years later, when I met him, my the last time in my life, uh, in his life, um, uh, uh, he, I said, I don't know if you remember this, but I had this band, Sergeant Pepper. Of course, I remember. Yeah, it still sucks. The name sucks, but it's so bad, it's good. It's still sad about. It. So, hey, so- I tell you what, man. I tell you what, man. For a for a dude from Finland, that's not a bad let me impression at all. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, this is yeah. Your, you know, because I, I remember the first the, the first wow. few years when I listened to him, I could never understand what he said because he had such a, the British accent, you know, because uh, yeah. um I'm a Swedish speaking thing, so I don't have the typical Finnish accent, but right. I but I have an accent. Yeah. But, but then when Lemmy and you know he had the soft uh uh you know like like he just you know just drifting around you know so so you you missed out on a lot of the stuff that he said you know but um this is yeah. not with this you didn't put this in your email i was not expecting <laughs> i was not expecting oh i'm a lemmy impersonator as well I, i've thought about that i used to do that in my <laughs> younger years impersonating you know evenings between lemmy and Ozzie. but you know sharon you know wow wow i'd pay to see that um but that but that's amazing isn't it like Ten years, ten years, and he's straight away. He's like, "Oh yeah, I know yeah." And, and and not only that, a lot of other things as well. Because um, ah, there are so many small memories, you know. Because I, um, uh, he, he he yeah yeah he remembered me because I I I, I mean I think I I don't know what it was with but but, but I've, I've thought a lot about this and I thought before before this interview as well I thought about it um. That what was it that was a special for me? I had I didn't have much to benchmark with. You know, at that point, I hadn't met too many rock stars, you know, in my life, and uh, and definitely hadn't been hanging around them like backstage in this sense that I did with Motorhead. Yeah. So so my kind of view of rock stars was that they were these polite guys who kind of, even though they were like, you know, having their arrogant phrases and being like, you know, 
showing the middle finger to the camera. You know, they were the yeah. kindest guys. And I've learned afterwards playing with different bands and performing that this is not a, you know, it's not a natural thing for any rock star, this thing. Yeah, it, not really, no. Very rare. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm so grateful. I don't know if I'm skipping now in, in, in the timeline, but but the last, uh, the, the second to last time that I met Lemmy, which I think is the most magical um, uh, evening, was um, um, uh, I? they were performing in the Ice Hall. It was December of 2007. And um, they were in the Ice Hall here in Helsinki. And I and, that, I, and can I, I sorry, just just yeah, for people yeah, who don't know, just for yeah. people that don't know, uh, I've got to ask the question: Is that the place that is a hall of ice? <laughs> it's 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 not the hall of. I know which way you're talking about. That's in Lapland, but it's a, it's a, it was a good guess, you know. That's a hotel. <laughs> That's very hotel kind. Up in Lapland, but this is just a normal boring ice hall. It's actually a boring ice hall. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, <laughs> but but anyway, they were there for a. a they, they, they. If if you perform on any of the big venues in in, in Helsinki, um, you used to perform either in the Ice Hall or in Hartwall Arena, which is not Hartwall Arena anymore. But um, but now it nowadays only the Ice Hall. But those are the venues, and they were in the Ice Hall. And I decided a couple of days before that that you know I didn't want to I didn't want to be the fan who bothers them. I don't want to just you know I I don't want to go there. And be let me let me let me you know. But I would like to kind of find some way to show my gratitude because they meant so much. Like, like, like yeah. for so many others, I I can't even explain how much Motorhead has meant to me because after I found their music and I became, they also inspired me as a musician in so many ways. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be the musician that I am now. I had a band called Terror Wheel. Um, we were on the German label Massacre Records, and the label even promoted uh, promoted us as. Um, the next Motorhead, which I didn't really like because there's only one Motorhead, but I was so in- influenced by their music that it's it, it it's it, a lot of the songs sounded very Motorheady. And yeah. in my new, new band, Mark Lupinero and the Loud Ones, I still have so much you know inspiration from from Motorhead in, in so much of what I do. And so 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 for me, it was I I I wanted to find some way of just repaying all those moments like. Imagine your biggest hero he never makes you feel like you're an, an annoying fan, which you are, but always treats you with respect, you know, every time. And I thought, I just want to hand this to someone close to Lemmy, ask them to just give it to him with my regards. So I painted or I drew this, I drew this big charcoal drawing, a uh, huge charcoal drawing of Snaggletooth. I did, I put the Lem, Lemmy's hat on it. Um, and to be honest, yeah, I, I got a, I don't want to brag, but I'm I'm quite a good 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 drawer. <laughs> I've been drawing my entire life, so it, it became quite cool. You know, I had the the cowboy hat on, and and um and then it said Motorhead forever and stuff like that, and, and daggers and all, and uh and uh, I spent some evenings doing it at home. And then when it was ready, I thought, yeah, I'm just gonna walk to the ice hole in the middle of December in 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 Finland. Pack it into some paper and see if I can give it to someone. So I went around the ice hall, went there. There was a guard there, uh, and I just said, "Hey, I have the. I made this for Lemmy, and I would just like to give it to like the tour manager or someone who can just hand it over." And yeah. the tour manager, he calls on the tour manager who comes out. There was Dan at that point, the tour manager, and and um, and he looks at that. He's like, hey, "You got to give this to Lemmy yourself. This is this is awesome, you know." So, wow. so I, can I hang on? Can I can yeah, just stop I'm you there really, for a start, absolutely. right? Because, firstly, um, again, that's what Motorhead, that's what Lemmy are all about. They've employed a guy who isn't just a tour manager, 
who isn't just going to go, yeah, give me it right. Yeah, whatever. You know, just snatch it out of your hand and walk off. I've got a million and one things to do and I don't need to be bothering with this. Rubbish. Exactly. Exactly. It, That's instead, the... there's a guy who looks at it almost like a fellow fan and goes, oh, man, you've got to give this to Lemmy. Exactly. I, I remember when the record We Are Motorhead came out, and I thought, that's the thing. We are Motorhead. I, I think the whole yeah. Motorhead family is Motorhead. That's that's the thing. And that's but, – but but I didn't – I really didn't want to bother him. I didn't want to be the – oh, hi, Lemmy. I knew also he had, you know, he'd become older. I knew he was so often tired, and I didn't want to bother him. But so Dan invites me in, and they're they're sound checking, and I'm hearing they play they're they're playing uh, Rosalie by the Thin Lizzy version of Bob Seger's Rosalie, with Thin, Thin Lizzy being my second favorite band, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, this is this is like ah oh, mind blown. I'm standing here waiting to give my painting to Lemmy, and they're playing Rosalie on their sound check. Well, they come down. Lemmy comes there, shakes my hand, looks at the drawing. It's like wow, just awesome. Thank you so much. Gives me a hug. Invites me to the to the backstage. Says, "You want to come for a drink?" I was like, "Well, if if you you know, I don't, <laughs> I, I really don't want to bother you." And he said, no, 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 no. Come in for a drink. So we go, we go in there, and um, and uh, and uh, I I manage. I I can have this kind of minute speech where I say, you know, let me. I just want to say to you that that they're like, um, I can't even start to describe how big you've been in my life. Um, it feels like. For every person in the world, I've had ups and downs in my life. And it feels as if with every moment, there's always been one certain Motorhead song. And something in what I said kind of tapped in in some in some right way, because I, I could see that he almost became a bit moved and just gave me a big hug. And he was like, thank you. And then asked me to sit down, took a big plastic pint, poured it half full with, with Jack and, and half full with Coke, asked if I wanted ice, put ice in it with his fist. And, and I just sat down there with Lem. And that started out becoming the greatest evening, just sitting there with for hours with him, chatting about everything. So it was wow. amazing. amazing. Right. So you just, so you just ended up just sat there like you, that. that I, I mean, I, speaking as somebody who you know sings in a band and knows how chaotic backstage areas can be and yeah. dressing rooms and how unusual it is for any band member to be Extremely. in one place for more than Extremely. about half an hour extremely and because mickey and phil and lem lem all had different backstage rooms right so so um so so lemmy had this this room and it, i don't know it was just like a synergetic effect happened to be kind of quite a calm night you know so he had just had his stage boots standing there had his other boots on some some people coming in every now and then checking that everything was okay and at one point this was also so amazing because i'm sitting there with lemmy having this Awesome discussion. And Mike Monroe comes in from Hanoi Rocks, which I happen to know a little bit because we had warmed up Hanoi Rocks once with Terror Wheel and we recorded in the same studio as them. There's ah, Mike, right. another legend, giving yeah. Hanoi Rocks' new album, which had just come out. And I'm like, sorry, can I have a photo with the two of you? So I have this awesome photo where I sit in the, in the couch between Lemmy and Michael Monroe. And it's like, it's like the most awesome picture ever being there. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm just blessed, you know? <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Just a normal fan, a normal fan from Finland who just loves, you know, the band so much and was saying, because I, I was really, that night, I really didn't want to bother him. I was about, I thought the second I noticed if he feels the least bothered, I'm going to leave. And he was, no, 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 stay. And he was really like, it was something with the drawing as well. He wanted to show it to everyone who came in and just, you know. And oh, that's lovely. And then, and, and presumably, 
Hey, he's showing it to everybody. Oh, look, look what this guy did. And, so, and like every time you must have been like, oh, my God, this is insane. Lemmy let me is showing, showing my picture off. Yeah. Um, and, at, at, and at the same point, he's such a normal yeah, person. You yeah. know, and, all, and, and, you know, at that point, I had also played with, with a, lot, a lot of bands. So it was like I, I knew in my heart that he's a, you know it's it, it's just it's just let me and one of the things that happened that night actually one of the discussions we had at some point I was just how does it feel for you like knowing that you're the icon of rock like you're this this immortal I and he he, he kind of, I don't remember the exact words that he used but he explained it so well he said like I wouldn't think of it a second like like uh, I'm the same Lemmy who you know I've been since day one and I just you know and it was like so, such a humane answer and another thing that we touched upon at some point I don't remember how we came in, came to talk about we started to talk about women and I remember such a beautiful comment that he made about women when he said like he's he said something like I've always wanted to be like a like a, a kind and 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 honest with women which means that they've honestly played me a few times in my life he said because he's never wanted to be the rock star and he whispered some rock stars names in my ear that i'm never going to mention which he <laughs> said are, to be honest arrogant bricks you know <laughs> and and uh, and, uh, and treat women like dirt you know and and he was yeah. so beautiful when he said it like he was he was it's hard to explain to someone who sees Lemmy like this two-dimensional kind of brutal character, but he was a kind and gentle soul, you know. He was. He yeah. was a really nice, nice bloke. <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I without a doubt, that's that's Lem all over. You know, he's he's the 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 biggest rock star of them all, who wasn't a rock star. Exactly. I think that's the thing. I think that's the thing. You know, he was a real human being, and that's what everybody could see. You know. Yeah, he he dared to do some the, the wrong things as well. Like he never cared. So so yeah. So there were these these if you want to call them missteps, like say the 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 Stand by Your Man cover with Wendy Williams that so many people hated, and he just did <laughs> things that he loved to do. You know, like uh, and I yeah. think that that was what built the whole lore around him. You know. <laughs> well, the thing is as well is that he. Um, he just he had a perception that I don't think other other artists had. I think with Lemmy, and this is just you know it's just my theory, but I, I I think with Lemmy that he was he was aware with every single act, with every single conversation that um, he, he he just cared about people. And what was more important to him than anything else was as a legacy, as it were, yeah. was that was that he had time for people and that he was yeah. a nice bloke. Exactly. You, you know, and, and nothing to do with music. He wanted no. people to just he wanted, you know, he wanted people to know that. And almost as well, I kind of felt like he was the advert and that example of that conversation you were you were mentioning there. He was the advert for the do you know what? You don't have to be a dickhead and a rock star. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good manners don't cost nothing. <laughs> like hey. Just, you know, and uh, yeah, that's another thing that I've, I don't know how many times I've used in my life. Good manners don't cost nothing from overnight to say. I think it's a, it's such a good saying. And uh, and that's that's the thing, you know, you can be. And, when, and that's the funniest thing that 
he was the coolest dude to represent that because of how he looked and and you know how Motorhead sounded. So so anybody outside of that who couldn't who wouldn't know Lemmy would think that he wouldn't be a, like that at all. But he was the you know he was he was he was. That's exactly like you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, the thing is as well is that it, it it's it's so it's so different to you know to to other you know using the term again rock stars. Um, yeah who you know who want to you know put on a front or behave however um but all the stories i've heard about lemmy are are like yours are the you know are they no, just the completely yeah. down-to-earth guy i'm yeah. still amazed i'm still amazed that you were able to sit there all that time and not, you know, not on even a gig only, day on a gig yeah, day on a gig day and not even only even before the gig because then as as he was about to start you know preparing himself for the for the show he was yeah. like do you want what what tickets do you have for the show? Do you want to take somebody with you? Do you need any better tickets? I want you to come back afterwards. So he gave me the VIP <laughs> sticker and stuff wow. to come back after after the gig. And my mom happened to call. <laughs> and I was like, hey mom, I'm here with Lemmy. And he's like, give me the like, do you want to speak with my mom? He's like, hey mom, you know, and he and my mom still remembers to this day speaking with Lemmy. So then I go, I go out and I call my my then drummer from the band I was in then, Tony, and my friend, and said, Tony, you want to come? I have an extra ticket to Motorhead. So he just rushed over there and I said, let's go meet Lemmy afterwards. So I took Le Tony with me. I had Tony there with me, and we had this beautiful conversation. Lemmy had some Jack Daniels chocolate that he offered us. We smoked. <laughs> I even I even bumped some smokes from Lemmy because I didn't have any own smokes. And I remember asking for the second or third smoke by him, and he looked at me like you should buy your own, you know, next time. You know? <laughs> but it was like a friend saying it, you know, it was, it was awesome. I mean, uh, it was a great time. And that's, then, that is brilliant. Do you know, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to chuck back at you. Um, uh, a, 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 it's got nothing to do with Motorhead, but um, a friend of mine worked on the Matrix movies and uh, he worked right. very closely with Lawrence Fishburne. Nice. And he was trying to, he was trying to not smoke. Lawrence smoked and he was, right. but he was trying to not smoke. And every yeah. time they'd have some drinks, they'd be out like, or whatever, they'd have right. some drinks. He'd, he'd always say to Lawrence, Oh, you know, can, do you mind if, and he was like, Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, no problem, no problem. <laughs> and, um, and then, and then one day, um, they'd been working on something and, right. and it, it, it got commissioned and it's something the two of them were working on and it, and it got greenlit by a studio and they were having a bit of a celebration and, um, and uh, my friend turns around to Lawrence and says, "Oh, you know, can I bum a cig? Can I bum?" And he reaches inside his jacket, take, takes out a pack of cigarettes, slaps them into his hand, and goes, "Dave, here's a whole motherfucking pack." <laughs> <laughs> Never ask for another one again. <laughs> yeah, it's like sure. they're for you. Go celebrate and get your own from now on. <laughs> yeah. that was awesome we're yeah. reminded of that story uh, but uh that that's just class lemmy that is that is, is. absolutely yeah yeah but like you say as well it's like you know in in the maelstrom of having done a gig all you know everything that's going on lemmy is still lemmy lemmy is still like i don't mind you taking secret but you're reaching the you're taking a piss line <laughs> But it wasn't. It wasn't in the way of who are you? Who do you think you are? Fan asking me. It was more like a yes. friend. Like, you know, next time cigarettes on you. You know, it was like. And, yeah. And I, remember, I remember that night ending with with when I was leaving. He gave me a hug again, and he said, "Like you're a good guy," and it felt in my entire body like like I was. I just just felt like I I I just 
remember walking home and thinking, how can a rock star take such good care of their fans? You know, like it was, just, and, and there were other fans coming on, on the, during that night as well, coming in with albums, having the signatures on. I remember one guy coming in with, he had a he had a pile of of vinyl vinyl covers and wanted the, Lemmy's signature on all of them, and we started talking there and another perfect day came up and I said it's such a great album I know it's never been one of your favorite and I remember let me answer you something yeah I still can't you know I, I don't like it to this day but I know that fans love it I said yeah it's it's an amazing album they started speculating about was the part of the magic with the Robo area the era that the, that it was so short you know that how well, would another album have yeah. looked. Then we started talking about Wurzel, and I got some information about Wurzel, what kind of guy he was, and why he had, you know, quit the band and all that. And um, and we touched on so many subjects, but yeah, that night ended there. And what then? Um, I don't want it to take like a sadder turn, but I saw him again a year later, and 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 because I had gotten to know Dan, the tour manager, during that night, he asked me to do yeah. some two designs, some snaggletooth tattoo designs for him that he wanted to tattoo on his leg. So I drew some snaggletooth versions for Dan, and I went over there. Dan Dan had them and said because I had a I had a magazine back then, I, an own magazine. So I thought if I right. could interview me for it, that's yeah, no problem. If you give me the designs, I'll take you backstage again. And and I had my soon to be wife with me, my girlfriend, and um, uh, she's very beautiful. And and I took her there, and 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 we waited for Lemmy for hours. And I noticed during that night that he has he had turned much weaker in one one year. This was 2008 in December, and he looked right. um, he didn't look as like he did the year before. And we waited for many hours. We sat in Mickey D's backstage then, and Mickey D being from Sweden, me being a Swedish speaking Finn, I could speak Swedish with with Mickey, and we sat there talked about everything. And then in a couple of after a couple of hours, this was after the show. Dan said like, "You want to come and see see how Lemmy now?" I came. I saw right away that Lemmy looked very 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 extremely tired. And and pale and and he was kind of yeah he was a bit saddening to see but he he remembered everything and the first thing he said you know what I hung up your uh, drawing on my bathroom door and it's visible in the movie he said so but that's when they had so awesome. I look for it in the Lemmy movie but I actually haven't seen it but Lemmy himself told me that it's there in the movie somewhere the, the drawing that well I it's made. it's probably it's probably on the cutting room floor somewhere it, it might be, um, it might be the bonus but, the, but yeah but how awesome is that. How, and the thing is, as well, is that I do you know what you saying that makes me think that 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 when they were filming, he is he has said, make sure you get that poster in. Do you, you know you what I mean? Imagine. I know you could imagine that because that yeah. was yeah, like he, also I remember seeing some show where he talked about different fan things that he had received. He could he could recall everyone like w w this medal somebody gave to me like a world war ii medal from something at this concert and this guy gave me a you know a shot of this and blah 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 so so he had that kind of yeah i know i know it's it's awesome you know, oh yeah he'd, he'd remember the shots yeah <laughs> but but this last night when i had my i think he would have preferred to be there only with my girlfriend Pia because <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not the first with a uh i introduced let me to my girlfriend story. to be honest but to be honest if it had to be someone it's it, it could, should have been lemmy you know, you know absolutely I, I couldn't have said anything else and i'm sorry i'm just gonna back off here no but but anyway he was so kind again and even though i noticed how tired he was um um he that night which which turned out to be the last time that i got to talk with him 
we sat again there with him for probably two hours, you know, and uh, and I had made another drawing. I, I made a caricature of him that I the gave him that time. And he signed my the book, uh, the White Line Fever book with to Marco, the caricature guy, my friend, blah, blah, blah. And then um, and then uh, um, he th- it was so magical. He asked some people to get him the his scrapbook, you know, or his um, notebook. Yeah. And he starts showing me all these un finished motorhead lyrics and drawings and that was like that was the moment when i was like this is like you know hacking into you know yeah 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 yeah. you're picking you're 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 peeking behind the curtain it's a wizard of oz moment it it? it is it is because motorhead records by the way when when whenever there was a new motorhead record i always thought to myself there was a time before this motorhead record and now there's a time after it existed in the world <laughs> yeah. and they felt timeless ever since i like listened to ace of spades like 120 times in a row thinking this it feels like this album has always existed like the classic albums they feel like they've yes. always existed yeah. so, so i got to read all that and then even better he hands over the he has this funny little uh, portable dvd player thing and and he puts on the CD, the the unfinished solo album, which hasn't been released to this day. Oh, and I'm wow. sitting there while he's flirting with my girlfriend. You know? <laughs> and, it, and, and every now and then, I'm taking off the 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 the, the, the headphones, just saying like some comment, commenting something on a song. He's like, "Keep listening," you know. So, yeah. So yeah. He, this is brilliant so basically you're going he's literally he said and you can totally see this can't you it's like (laughs) i tell you what i know you're gonna really really like listening to this because this has not been released and blah blah. so you sit there right that's your presence yeah whilst i flirt with your girlfriend basically yeah (laughs) yeah well i just get you out the way (laughs) my wife told me afterwards he was blinking with his eye every now and then and stuff like that you know yeah, yeah, it was, it was lovely. But I, so I listened through that entire album with the Reverend Horton Heath songs and all, and and I've I've tried so much to in those moments you can't kind of take it in, you know. So yeah, I've forgotten so much of what I heard, but it it was a lot of rock and roll. It, it reminded of the Headcat thing. So there's yeah, yeah but I, I I I basically know what to expect if it ever you know. <laughs> well, well, let's hope so, man. Let's hope so. And I mean, uh, look, you know. And thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing these stories. My absolutely, absolutely amazing, Marco. And um, and I know people are going to be listening, thinking, "Wow, you know, you've had some incredible experiences there." And 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 thanks for sharing them. And also, it's important that before we before we started recording, you you know, you did mention that you heard other fan episodes and thought, you know what. You know, if if anybody's out there thinking, oh, you know, I don't want to show off or but it's that's not what it's about. It's share your stories with everybody else because everybody wants to hear them because these guys aren't around anymore. And and every story that we that we recover and put on here is is another one that just helps cement that legacy. You're absolutely right. Let's keep Motorhead alive forever. <laughs> so I am going to break with tradition because it has to be mentioned what a brilliant final line that is, as I'm sure all of you listeners would agree, let's keep Mosehead alive forever. That is, That really does sum up the whole purpose of, of the Motorcast. It really does. And I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I did doing it. I think you can tell that we had a really good time. Marco is a really great fun engaging guy and it was it was great having him on and um and hey 
if you have got some stories like Marco or you know somebody who has, get in touch. But we are also continuing to, to scour the globe, guests coming from all sorts of different backgrounds. And we have got some absolute crackers in the pipeline for you. I promise you. So all that remains for me to say is thank you for your continued support. The Motorcast community is something that I am just amazed by continually the warmth the appreciation as you might be able to tell from my voice i've just got back off the road um, having been on tour with the band and a number of motorcast listeners came out and and saw the band or came up to me just passing the venue and, and said look i'm a listener and just wanted to say hi so cool so so cool um keep listening please and please do spread the word as i know you do and so we will speak again until there is another episode of the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. I don't say agreed. The only God I need is the Ace of Spades. The Ace of Spades.